Hello and welcome to the Euro Trips Across the Pod podcast. We are here for our six-week review, uh, and this week I'm joined by a second member of the Hair Dry Treatment podcast. So I'm here this week with Luke. How are you, Luke? Hey, I'm doing good, mate. Yeah, how about you? Yeah, yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Still very sore after the um, ending to that game I went to on Sunday in London. That was um, for my first time seeing us play live. It was a really heartbreaking uh, way to tough. end it. Yeah, that it was, was tough. tough, actually. Yeah. Because I think the worst thing was that, the whole, for me, the whole stage, you could see a lot more aqua green than you saw of Jack's mm. uniform. And the same thing in the pub on the night before and, yeah. and before the game as well. But for me, where I was sat, there was a lot of Jags fans there, and it yeah. was just having to see that, you know, when, especially when they got the um, when then the fourth, when you get didn't get the fourth and one, and then you saw the yeah. Jags fans cheering, they knew they had a chance to win, and then they got the small little five yard pickup play right at the end to get in field goal range, and it was just you just knew it was coming, and it was just horrible to watch, and it was just having to endure that. Uh, was horrible. It. But it was nice seeing the team play for the first time, so seeing people like Mike Gazicki and Jalen Waddle or all them. Wasn't there lots of positives to take out of it, though, didn't you think? I mean, I thought Tua was great. I thought Waddle was great. I thought Gazzini was great. So, you know, there was lots of nice things to Ami fan to take out of it, I thought, for sure. I do think if we had both of Kornovac playing, it might be in a different game. But more on that later on. So, before we do carry on, we do normally like to ask our guests who have been on before how their normal NFL Sunday looks. But Steve answered that last week when he told us that him and Luke and a few friends take it in turns to host NFL Red Zone on Sundays. So, Luke, I will ask you, is it, who's, who's hosting it Sunday? Is it you or Steve hosting the NFL next week in your, um, in your house? I, th- I think it's likely to be me, actually. Um, yeah. So, uh, and they, they braved the, the wilds of Ramsey and Isle of Man, so that meant... Um, <laughs> entails going over 10 miles actually over mm-hmm. a mountain and everything but, uh, wow. but they do manage to, to to do it and basically we spend our whole time eating lots of food and talking rubbish about football and pretty much cheering on red zone so it's pretty good actually it's, it's pretty good fun it's a nice way to do it actually i've got to say you know it's it builds a bit of community as well as, as mm-hmm. anything else you know and that, i think that's great yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, that's something I, that sounds awesome to me because a lot of my friends, most of my friends, um, hate the sport, and the ones that do mm. like it don't don't like it enough to sort of do something like that. And I think what I found when I was in London on the weekend, being in, I think we were in some sports bar and grill on Saturday, mm. and then we were in the Beehive on Sunday in Tottenham, and both times it was just full of NFL fans, and you were all there just watching it together. But on Sunday, especially after the game. Felt like yeah. a bit of a wake with all the dolphins. I felt, felt like I was at a funeral. But um, <laughs> when you were watching it, it was just incredible to have sort of um, so many NFL fans there. We were all just watching Red Zone together. And it, it, it did make me think of um, of what you, got, what you and Steve have. And it just sounds like an amazing experience. And I would love to have one day a group of friends that do love it as much as me. And we can have similar th- sorts of um, evenings together. But, it's totally the way to do it, mate. Honestly, it's brilliant. Yeah. And- the, yeah. I mean, the good thing, the bad thing is the diet because obviously you eat pizza and all sorts of nonsense, so that goes out the window. Yeah. But other than that, it's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's the only downside to um, that kind of that kind of lifestyle is is um, the health. But I suppose if you mm. eat well a week, then maybe once a week isn't the worst thing in the world. It's a big if. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe big if, big if. I, I know exactly what I mean. Um, especially having been my big shop next to an Aldi with that. Oh, yeah. it's very hard to um, stick to a diet. But someone who does, stick to, someone who does stick to their diet is Tom Brady. And on Thursday night, him and the Buccaneers beat the Eagles 28-22. Um, and with Brady getting 297 mm. yards in this game, with Leonard Fournette being the star of the show. And then Sunday, Sunday morning, uh, the Dolphins uh, lost to the Jaguars 23-20 in overtime. With um, Sorry, in, in regular time, almost going to overtime, with a last-minute kick from Matthew Wright. I had the chance yesterday to speak to um, a Jaguars fan, uh, Brit Jag UK. So for more on that, I'm going to take you now to my conversation with him about the game yesterday. Hello and welcome to the special segment uh, about the London game between the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Miami Dolphins. Uh, this is the game that saw the Jaguars win 23-20 with a kick from Matthew Wright with the final kick of the game. So for this particular segment, I'm here with um, a, a, a Jaguars fan in the UK, um, Brit Jag UK. Um, so how are you, first of all? Yeah, I'm really, really good, thank you. Um, yeah, uh, obviously the win yesterday has certainly helped mm. lift my mood. So um, 
Yeah, no, I'm great. Thank you for having me. No worries, and congratulations first of all for the win. I've got to say that to you. I mean, it was, um, and yeah, I actually, I'm, I'm, anyone doesn't know, I actually met you on Saturday, didn't I? In um, what's the pub called? It was um, what was it? The Sports Bar and Grill, Marlborough. Yeah, so obviously I originally came across you because I saw someone had liked a tweet for myself because you met Trevor Lawrence in an airport in the airport. Um, so after then I just then obviously I then thought oh, I'll, I'll get you on perfect for the pod. And then the same day, I've been to you by the bar um, <laughs> at this place. That was that was pretty cool. Yeah, no, it was a pure, pure chance meeting, but um, yeah, no, it was great and yeah, had a good night and yeah, and yeah, it was good to meet you. Yes, it's likewise. Um, so like I do with anyone who's not been on the pod before, um, I'd, I'd, find out, I'd find out sort of how you became a fan of your team and what your typical NFL Sunday looks like. So first of all, why are you a Jags fan? I think I might know the answer already. And then second of all, um, how does your typical NFL Sunday look in your house? Okay, so um, probably like a lot of UK fans, when I first got into the sport, um, probably about five years ago, um, mm-hmm. I kind of just a generic fan watching a bit of everything, um, and I had a big soft spot for the the Jags anyway because of their UK relationship. That was that was a massive part of it, uh, with the opportunity of seeing them once a year. I mean that just doesn't really happen with any other team, but that's the only team that that's, that that situation is kind of with. And then yeah, so they had a soft spot already, and and I was kind of leaning towards their, in their direction. And the 2017 season really kind of. Mm-hmm caught my attention even more so and just kind of solidified it they were they were underdogs and they, they were doing well and they had a really kind of young and feisty team and I just fell in love with them and just found myself rooting for them and not really caring what anyone else was doing it was just the Jags for me so yeah that from that from that perspective it was just they kind of chose I don't really know how to explain it but it kind of just happened. It wasn't a kind of intentional choice. I just mm-hmm. found myself rooting for them more than anyone else. And yeah, and now I'd, I'd class myself as a diehard. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, in regards to the, my NFL Sunday, um, I'm, a, I'm a dad to four. So my house is quite manic. So what I tend to do <laughs> during the NFL season, um, I tend to kind of early in the Sunday, I will nip out, maybe get some snacks in, that kind of thing. Some uh of fizzy drinks and because I'm not a big I'm not a big alcoholic drinker so sort kind of soft drinks uh some nice crisps or popcorn and, and something sweet as well um head up to uh my, my bedroom about kind of quarter to six um close the door and uh from that point I'm kind of off duty and, and watch <laughs> the games a couple of the kids are starting to kind of get a little bit showing bits of interest in the sport so that, so that's cool um but yeah, for for now it's still just kind of that's kind of my time. That's like, yeah, I'm uh, I'm left alone for the most part. So, and are you do you watch Red Zone? Do you watch Sky just the Sky Sports NFL channel? Are you a Game Pass man? How what sort of platform do you normally use when when watching the NFL? So yeah, Game, game Pass for me. Um, yeah, just, yeah. just the, the Jags games, and um, I'll I'll then put the as Jags are nine times out of ten with kind of Sunday six o'clock it's very rare we're anything different um oh yeah then kind of switch to red zone for the the nine o'clock games um but I will take I'll tend to mute it and have uh, the Jaguars kind of own phone in and radio coverage on my phone so I, I listen to that while the kind of red zone's on on the, on the screen okay. ready for because I try and do my review podcast on the kind of Monday or Tuesday yeah yeah uh, to just try and get some kind of thoughts and opinions and see what the kind of the thought what they're thinking over over in Jacksonville as well, um, and any uh, information and press conferences after the game. So, uh, yeah, I think everyone so far. We've had three or every guest I've said so far. I've all said the same thing. Everyone says red zone. No one's yet said anything else but Game Pass or red zone. So it um, shows how how well it's liked in the UK. Um, right, before we do go on to the game, we have to go on to the negative side of the point. Apart from the result, um, we, what what were your thoughts on the on the cup throwing? Yeah, the game yesterday. Yeah, so it's actually happening quite close to me because I was in the middle tier, um, but I was more towards the goal posts, um, kind of at the end of the behind the end zone. Um, so it was kind of my to my right in the lower. Place. Initially, I didn't really. I'm pretty honest, I didn't really realise because I again, I, I'm not, I'm not a drinker. Um, I didn't have any of the cups, and initially, I thought it was kind of the very flimsy. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, plastic ones. 
and I and I and I did say to my mate, I was like, oh, that'd be a bit annoying, like because obviously they're just throwing it over, and and I didn't really click that they were the the, the kind of more sturdy ones, because obviously with the softer ones, I thought, okay, then it's a, it's a bit annoying, but it, it's not going to kind of cause any damage. But when I realised after the game, when I saw some kind of dispense and kind of picked one up, and it, yeah, there was kind of more to it. I realised I was like, wow, like people are throwing these around, like that's like it's mm. idiotic, and it's it's just unnecessary. And yeah, and I, I, I know they were trying to recreate the the thing from kind of college football in the states, but in that situation, it's they don't get them thrown at them. They, the tradition is that it starts at the back of the kind of stadium. And people add the the cups as it kind of gets passed down the stands. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so they weren't even doing it right. If if that's what they were trying to do, they weren't doing it right. So yeah, um, and obviously that that's a safer way to do it. And that's yeah. So I I yeah, it's it was completely unnecessary. And um, and I like to say the more I'm seeing of it afterwards, it's kind of solidified it because it was kind of like I didn't really realize the severity of it when it was happening, but. Um, yeah, no, it's it completely unnecessary. Yeah, I'm the same with you. I think it was completely moronic. I mean, anyone who saw Neil Reynolds' Twitter would see that his family had to actually leave the stadium because they, they were being um, having glasses chucked at them the whole game. And it's just for me, I think personally, this is what you get when you get people who aren't NFL fans who are going just for, for a jolly. And I think that this is my fear about it's the same thing you get it in rugby as well sometimes. You see people. Because I used to work at the stadium, Millennium Stadium in Cardiff, uh, serving drinks and food. And you could tell which ones weren't really the fans. And all they cared about was just getting drunk. And it felt like that was happening yesterday. And my fear is now is that, because the whole time watching NFL in the UK is brilliant because you can actually go to a game and have a beer in your seat, which is you can't get in Premier League games. Yeah. Uh, and my fear is that if, they, if this happens again um, on the next the next year's games, for example, it wouldn't shock me if they banned beer from from the from the games, and I think that would be a real shame for those ones who generally just want to have a have a casual beer watching the game. And I think it just ruins it for everyone else. So I think that, yeah, I, I think personally it was the, the only part from the result. It was the only real downside to the game. And I think that was because um, you think if these things happen like Mexican waves, if the game's dead, if the game's like over, if it's like one sided, which a lot of them have been in London. But this game was tight. It, it was a real tight game, and I think that is one of the best ever in London. You could argue. So I think to have that happening in the game was really disrespectful to the to the true NFL fans who want to just watch the game. So um, that was a shame for me. But going on to the game, looking at the stats, uh, I mean, Trevor Lawrence had 319 yards, one touchdown, zero picks. As he, as he became the first rookie quarterback to win a game in London. Tua Tangavailoa threw for 329 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. The running game is where there was a real difference. Um, James Robinson, who got man the match, got 17 carry, 73 yards, one touchdown. Uh, and then uh, Jonathan Agnew had five carries, 78 yards. Um, uh, whereas, uh, and then their receiving game as well, they had Marvin Jones had seven carries, 100 yards, one touchdown. Whereas the running game for Dolphins, Malcolm Brown had 24 yards with our lead rusher. That's not good enough. But Kaziki did have eight carries, 115 yards. And then Jalen Waddle had two touchdowns, 70 yards from 10 carries. We had two sacks, you had zero. We had, we had one turnover, you had an interception. So, for me, um, I'll get your thoughts as well. But I thought it was a fairly, a fairly even game. I thought um, both teams could have won that game, and I think that for me, I just cannot get. I mean, I big fan of Flores. But I don't know whether it was him or the offensive coordinators making that call, but I don't know why. With two minutes left in your own half, even though it's, I get it's fourth and one, it wasn't like it was fourth and ten. But I just don't get why you just don't kick it away because if 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 we kicked away to you guys, it went to the five yard line. You guys may have been a lot more conservative. It may have gone to overtime, and we could have won that game. But I think to go on fourth and one, being that close to the um, being in our own, in our own half, I think was was really bad play calling. But what, what were your thoughts on the game? Yeah, no, very similar. Um, it was a very back and forth game. I really, I really, obviously, I'm going to be biased. I'm a Jags fan, but for yeah. me, it's one of the best London games I've seen. Even involving yeah, the Jags, it was it was very competitive and and like I say even for the neutrals because obviously that's a big part of the the UK games. There's a lot of neutrals there, and and I think that that game it, it did keep you on the edge of your seat. You didn't know like the lead changed a couple of times and and back and forth. And I, I felt like you guys started really really well. Um, we kind of get kept getting you to third down, but you kept kind of just making it and and it was kind of carrying on. We couldn't we couldn't kind of get you off without uh, without scoring. And we on our offense, we started a little bit slow, and then 
it, it picked up just toward the end of the half. The big play from Trevor to, to Marvin Jones for the touchdown. That just gave us a bit of a boost. And then we came out second half and we, we seemed to be ticking quite well until the turnover. Um, and so it felt like it was really like, almost like we're taking it in turns, like being quite like successful on offense and, and like yeah, I say, yeah. and defensive as well. We seem to make a few questionable decisions and there were other times that it kind of just flowed nicely. So, yeah, and, and, and stats-wise as well, it was for for a large point, obviously they kept putting up on, up on the screens and things and there really wasn't a lot of difference between the two no. teams. Um, and I think that goes to show and and obviously with Trevor being a rookie QB and, and obviously two are only being uh, second year and, and he's missed quite a bit of time as well due to injury. Um, it showed that they're obviously... They're both they're both very capable NFL QBs, and it was like I say, obviously a big there was a big emphasis on pa- pa- passing yards and um and like you say the, the running game, even though James Robinson got the the man of the match, I still didn't think that uh, for the Jazz it, it was the most successful running game because I, I felt like you guys did stop the run really well and, mm-hmm. and I think we did the same. It was just we we both played well against the the run and. <laughs> In the secondary, we both got ripped apart by the passing game. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was absolutely, it was a great game for a neutral. I feel like, and as you said, either team could have won it. I'm, I was sat next to a Dolphins fan um, after the initial field goal was made at the end. I jumped up and celebrated, but I, I, I shook hand and said, like, we've been, we're kind of talking back and forth through the game, and 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 I said, like, uh, I felt a bit bad because it, it could have gone either way, but. I say our first one of the year. There's been a lot of suffering, so I'm I'm going to take it, and I'm not going to complain. <laughs> yeah, no, I can imagine the first in twenty wins, first win in twenty games. Um, I think for me too, I think that was one of his best drives ever. Dolphins journey that first that first drive where he went down the field when he got the ball to Jalen Waddle for his first TD. I think that was one of his best drives. I think that yeah, I think for me where we went wrong was for me was as you said the end of the second quarter and that third quarter especially we just. The, 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 that third quarter, especially the sense of the running game, I think that was really what you saw with James Robinson. I mean, the drive down the field, he got the touchdown there. And I think that um, obviously we did well to get back in the game. Um, I think two had that one throw where I don't know why he could have slid and got the first down, but he made that throw and it, it was incomplete. But thankfully in the end, he did, you know, he did get that fourth down conversion. But I think that pick he made, I don't know whether it was in the third or early fourth quarter where he um, was a poor throw in that fourth quarter. That was probably the killer. But and then we got back in the game, you know, we got Model got a touchdown late on and it, we thought, oh, OK, perfect. And then we thought, oh, I was going through overtime. But then right at the end, you guys broke my heart. It was horrible because it was my first ever Dolphins game live and it was just uh, horrible to see, especially because I was around a lot of Jag fans as well. So it, was, it, it wasn't nice to be around. It was um, it was not a nice ending. But I would say overall, it was a really good day. I met loads of people from the podcast, from previous podcasts. I met Ash in the NFL. I met a future podcast guest we've got coming on in a few weeks, Freddie. Uh, met Chris from National Vintage League. Met Paul Brown. I met so many people in the NFL UK community that I've I've dealt with before, and it's um it was just an honour to um do that. And anyone who followed my Twitter um on Saturday morning, I did actually speak to Dan Marino on Zoom, um so that was quite an amazing surprise. Uh, but yeah, going going back to the game, um yeah, I think personally, I think both teams really could have won. I think both teams can fairly be happy but I think for us I think for you guys it gives you a chance especially in your division to get back to you know get get a, make a good run towards the end of the season make the playoffs where I think that could be for us the almost a killer for our season personally and then what you think yeah so I, if I'm perfectly honest for the, from a Jaguars perspective um, there, there wasn't a lot of expectation this year. It's, it's purely about giving Trevor a chance to adapt to the NFL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got a few more games. I think we've got a shot in. Um, I think we play well. We play the Jets. Uh, play the Falcons. Um, we've got the Texans to play again, obviously, in, in the division. Um, mm-hmm. So there's, there's a few more wins. I'm, I'm not really expecting anything more than a kind of four or five wins season. Um, yeah, because yeah, yeah. there are a couple other games we could quite put, cause an upset. Maybe like someone like the Patriots. They got a rookie QB or. Um, after we got bye week now, but after that we've got the Seahawks who will still be without Russell Wilson. So potentially there, it's a winnable game. It's not a, a uh-huh. locked on, but there's a shot. So I think be for us, um, obviously for yourselves, it's a tough one because not only is it the situation you're in, obviously you are suffering with injuries as well. 
Um, much like ourselves, I, I feel like there are a lot of similarities between our season so far, but I think the big difference is after last year, there's a lot of expectations around you guys. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Obviously, it's been it's been a tough start. Um, obviously, a great great week one win against the Patriots, but after that, it's it, yeah. Obviously, like I say, you've struggled with with injuries on offense and defense, um, and that's it's going to be a killer in the NFL when you start losing the top players. And obviously, you you get replacements, you have backups, but they're never going to be quite as good as as the starters. So. Yeah, um, it, it's it's tough. Obviously, I'm not really sure what your your running's like, but um, who knows? If you can get some of those big names back, maybe you can turn it around and sooner rather than later and mm-hmm. and uh, make a run for it. Yeah, and I think for us, I think that we had our two of our starting quarterbacks both injured: Byron Jones and Xavier Howard. I mean, Howard's our best player. To have him not playing, I think was a big miss in this game. I think Byron Jones as well was a big miss. Um, I think also no, obviously no Igbenogbi came in. First one draft pick last year. He's been non-existent so far, and he was not great in this game. I mean, there was that one play. I think it was to Marvin Jones where he sort of didn't look behind him and just let it sort of allowed Marvin Jones to make a big game. So I think that um, the draft picks. I mean, I also I was in the beehive after the game, and there was a lot of sort of. It was like it was like being at a funeral wake a bit. Like yes, I was all Dolphins fan. It was like a real post mortem of the game, and I think everyone had the same view that Chris Greer's really wasted our draft picks. Um, but I think in terms of Lawrence, I think we saw with Josh Allen um, as well um, and the Bengals now that they're young quarterback. They know it's their guy. They're building their team around them. Whereas I don't think we're quite, I don't think that the Dolphins staff are quite set on two yet. And I think that's shown with the benching last year. Um, so I think in terms of that, I think our schedule is really hard as well. We've got to play the, the Patriots and Bills again. We've got to play the Ravens, the Panthers, the Cardinals. Uh, so we've got we've got the Lions, we've got we've got the Texans, we've got the and the Jets, and we've got and the Falcons, we've got some winnable games, but then we thought your your game would be against you guys would be would be a win. So I think nothing's guaranteed in this league and there's no guarantee we're gonna beat the Texans, gonna beat the Falcons, gonna beat the you know, teams and the Jets, people like that. So we have got a hard schedule and we had a hard start as well. So I think the best we can hope for is something like eight and nine or something like that. But even then, that's 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 gonna be a tall order. So I think, yeah, I think it's a shame, as as you say here, the fact that we did so well last year was with ten and six, missing out on the playoffs by one by one game. Um, so much so much hope going into the season. I think it's just been a massive damp squid, a massive anticlimax. Especially after winning the first game as well against the Patriots, who aren't a aren't an easy team even without Brady in into that stadium. So, yeah. I don't think it's quite been what we thought, but um, we, we've got to have, we've got to have hope. We've got to have hope. But yeah, that's been our Jaguars Dolphins review. Um, thank you for coming on. Um, so before we do end this part, I'll give you the chance to promote and plug your social media. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, so on Facebook and Twitter, it's at Brit Jag, and Instagram is at Brit underscore Jag. Uh, my podcasts are available on most of the main uh, kind of podcast places: uh, Apple. Spotify, Google Podcasts, yeah, so on all, all of those. So, yeah, any Jags fans out there, uh, check me out. And uh, thank you very much for having me. No worries. And what's the podcast called? Oh, Brit Jag Podcast. Okay, thank you. So just do check that out. But, yeah, thank you for coming on. And we'll get back to the rest of the episode with me and Luke. And that was my chat with Brit Jag UK. Um, the next thing you want to focus on, is um, one for Luke, um, sadly for Luke. It was the Green Bay Packers <laughs> who beat the Chica- Luke Chicago Bears 24-14. Uh, in this game, looking at the game overall, Aaron Rodgers had 195 yards, two touchdowns, passing, no interceptions, and also one rushing up touchdown was Justin Field through for 174 yards. Um, in terms of the rushing game, uh, Khalil Herbert had 97 yards. Aaron Jones had 76. Adrian Dillon had 59. Um, and then in terms of the receiving game, Devontae Adams had 89 yards with no touchdowns. Aaron Robinson, 53 yards, um, no touchdowns again. Defensively, Kenny Clark was the start of the show on defence with two sacks in, in the game. And Darnell Savage of the Packers was the only man to get an interception with his one interception. Um, mm. So, Luke, um, obviously for me, I only watched Red Zone. I imagine you watched it a lot more than I did. I did, um, yeah. So what were your thoughts on, first of all, Aaron Rodgers, um, had he said, owning you, but also what were your views on the Bears, the Bears' performance overall? Yeah. Well, first of all, Aaron Rodgers is a git. Let's just <laughs> throw that out there. He's a complete git. 
He doesn't own anything except his terrible hairstyle, right? Oh, no, I, I like his hair. I think he's got a cool haircut. <laughs> I hate him, right? Okay. <laughs> anyway, that irrational hatred over with. Um, the one thing that I, I, I thought stood out was that you just can't, you, 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 when you're an elite quarterback like that, you, you, you know, there's, you can't even get close to him. That's the thing. We tr- we tried all sorts of looks and stuff, and we couldn't even touch him really because he was able to read the defense so well. So I think that was always going to be a problem, and I, and I think it still will be a problem as long as he's you know with with the Green Bay franchise. Um, and and Bears fans won't like me much for saying that, but I, I do think that is the reality of the situation. Um, he's making. You know what? What is really an average uh, receiver, um, you know, set in, in Green Bay look like world beaters, and, and yeah, okay, they've got one one good receiver, but the rest of them are very very average to say the least. But they're still able to do it, and and again, you've got to really put that down to Rogers. So, so yeah, he was brilliant. I, I, I've got no no real uh, complaints about it actually, because he was brilliant, and he, he you know he, he he ruled the game pretty much. But as far as the Bears goes, I mean, actually, I was I wasn't unhappy about it. Um, I, I thought Fields looked pretty good, actually, pretty assured in the pocket, and and yeah, he got sacked twice. Um, but actually, the O line did a better job than they, they they have been doing recently. Um, we still need to put a bit of investment into our O line to protect our QB, I think. Um, but what I liked about Fields was he was very very mobile out of the pocket, and he was able to extend plays. Um, and and I thought that. Um, I, I thought his accuracy is improving as well, and he's and, and also his just general calling of the game seems to be improving game by game, as you might expect from a rookie. Um, I was also impressed with Herbert. I thought he had a great game actually. I thought he was really good. Um, it, you know, he looked like he'd been you know in the game for forever. Never mind his his, his first game proper, um, and he had a lot of really good ones. And one one play in particular where he basically doubled back. And managed to make a whole bunch of yards, um, and it was a really great play, and it was a really great extension of the play too. So there was lots of positive stuff to take from it, and and yeah, we got beat by the Packers. <sighs> if I'm realistic, I didn't expect anything else really. You know, I would have liked to have beaten them, but at least it wasn't like a complete and utter washout. You know, like thirty seven mm-hmm. or something. It was, it was close enough until they got that final touchdown. That's just the way it goes. Yeah, and I think with Phil, I think um, I think with a lot of rookies, I think people nowadays seem to put a lot of pressure on these rookie quarterbacks, and mm. um, and they do seem to sort of expect them to do to do things straight away. Whereas I think mm. um, not every quarterback can do what Justin Herbert did. Not every quarterback can do what Joe Burrow did for the first two games last yeah. year. I think I think that um, two has learned it more than anyone else. The fact that mm. there's so much pressure instantly to be to be the man, to be the guy, whereas really what people have forgotten, at least do callbacks, do need time. Look at Peyton Manning, look at Patrick Mahomes sitting out the first year, look at Tom Brady doing the same thing, look at look, even Lamar Jackson played most of the first year behind Joe Flacco. And I think yeah. that, and, and look at the results now, I think, sadly, I think the Herbert season has really upped that ante when people are now expecting their callback as a rookie to have the same sort of thing. Where really, they do need time to learn a new system, learn a new playbook, Absolutely. of course, going from college to NFL. And I think that, I think Fields, I think he is, well, yeah, whilst hasn't been perfect, don't get me wrong, I think that he has shown me signs. If Neil, like Josh Allen, when he came through, he was not good the first two years, but he showed signs, uh, potential in certain games. I think Justin mm. Fields is doing exactly mm. the same. So I say give Fields a couple of years, have a, definitely have a new head coach um, and just um, have better sort of an O-line around him. I think that he can be any, any, every bit as good as he was for Ohio State. Um on the same time at six o'clock, the Kansas City Chiefs got back to winning ways, uh, overcoming a first quarter uh, deficit to mm-hmm. win 31-3 against the underwhelming Washington football team. And the Los Angeles Rams hammered the New York Giants 38-11. Now, the next game I want to focus on is one where that was another thrashing. It was the Baltimore Ravens beating the Los Angeles Chargers 34 points to six. Uh, in this game itself, um, uh, it was quite an impressive performance from the from um, from them. It was really impressive. Um, and look at the Ravens. Look at the stats. Mark Jackson had 167 yards passing, 
and Herbert had 195 yards. Uh, both were in great passing. Herbert had one touchdown, one interception. Lamar Jackson had one touchdown, two interceptions. Mm. Um, in terms of the rushing yard, he also had 51 rushing yards. The lead rusher was Devontae Freeman, rolling back the years mm. with 53 yards, as did Latavius Murray with 44, and Le'Veon mm. Bell with 18. No one had a great performance rushing, but someone had a great performance receiving was Mark Andrews with 68 yards and one oh. touchdown. Uh, defensively, Joe Bosa, uh, Uchenna Nwosu, Linville Joseph, the Sean Elliott, and Justin Houston all um, inputted with sacks. And, and there was a total of eight combined tackles for both Kazir White, Derwin James, and Amen Ogbon Bengia. Apologies for my pronunciation. And the only fourth fumble of the game came from Derwin James. Now, this was quite a surprise result for me because um, not, not yeah. just for how impressive the Ravens were, but also mm. how they managed to stop a team that had been me, one of the, be- the best teams of season in the Chargers. And they really limited Herbert. Yeah. Who was um, so I still think is an MVP candidate, even though it's mm. way too early to make that prediction. Um, so, what are your thoughts on on this game overall? I mean, I thought personally that the Ravens were just excellent all over. I mean, it was hard to whether it was an off day for the Chargers, whether it was just a spectacular performance from the Ravens. I mean, Mark Andrews proved again why he's he is um, Lamar Jackson's number one target. He's yes. them to have a great connection, same as Stafford and Cup for the Rams. Uh, and I think that for me, this showed to me that. But whilst the Chargers, you know, they, they look good and they have they had their moments this season, I think this is a game where the Ravens sent them back down to earth and the Ravens showed not only why they're probably the division favourites, why they probably are the third or fourth best team in the AFC right now. What, what were your thoughts watching it on Red Zone, Luke? Yeah, I was um, I was sort of blown away, actually, to be honest with you. I think I think you're right. I think that the truth is probably a bit of both a, a Chargers of the and also the Ravens being absolutely amazing on the day. I mean, they really turned up. Um, Mark Andrews was absolutely unplayable. I mean, I, re- I went and rewatched the highlights, and, and literally, he, he was unplayable. You, you know, you couldn't cover him no matter what you, you did. And he, he's an amazing player, but really, he had the game of his life there. Um, but I just thought the Ravens were better in pretty much all of the departments. Um, I was desperately disappointed with the Chargers, actually. Desperately mm-hmm. disappointed. I expected an awful lot better from them. And, it, and it's hard to put your finger on exactly what. That, that you know what happened, um, you know whether it's maybe the head coach sort of panicking and 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 you know screwing the pooch so to speak, um, I just can't quite put my finger on it. I, I just felt like the the play calling was off more than anything, you know, uh, offensively. Mm-hmm. But I, I just I just couldn't quite put my finger on it, and I think I probably would need to go and watch the the, the game in forty to have more of an opinion on why the Chargers were so poor, um. Mm-hmm. But but I, yeah. I do think that the Ravens on their game are hard to stop, and I think this this sort of showed actually that you know especially with Lamar Jackson, he you know you can't defend against him no matter no. what you do, you know, and that's I think I think that he's the difference maker for them for sure. Yeah, and I think Lamar Jackson when he's got everything going right, he's exceptional. We look at his MVP a couple of years ago. I mean, yeah. last year it didn't go well, uh, but now he's got Marquise Brown playing well again. Uh, he's now got yeah. two targets to throw to, and I think that yeah. that is showing. And I think that, you know, he's the running back game isn't the best in terms of the actual running back, but they don't need that because they've got Lamar Jackson, but they've got the experience of Murray, Bell, and um, Freeman to, to ride on. I mean, but this is it. This is yeah, it. Yeah, and I think that you know, Jacob Dobbin obviously would be the leading back if he if he hadn't got injured before the season, mm. which is why they brought in all these running backs. But I think, you know, I think even look at the same thing with. This is why, personally, we maybe shouldn't shouldn't have got rid of Calvin Noyes because mm. whilst the production isn't quite what it was, I think since that leadership off the pitch, uh, even though Levin Bell should be no role model to anyone, I think that if you've yep. got that experience of playing in the NFL for all those years, especially to all these young players like Marquis Brown, for example, yeah, if you have these three players that can just off the field, just they're, they're leaders, they they know how to get done on the pitch. I think that's a massive help to the Ravens. And of course, John Harbaugh's been around for years. He knows exactly what his team needs. Really as well is. as Clayus Campbell. I think he's a massive factor on defence in terms of his leadership as well. But I think I think the Ravens, personally, I think for me, I still think the Chiefs, even though they've had a, well, they're three and three right now, I still think, you know, the Patriots proved this all these years that you can, you can start badly, but if you get in a right good form before January, then it really matters how you play in January rather than September. Yeah, exactly. I still think negative is strong. I think the Bills obviously can be very strong more on them later on. And I think um, 
I think even the Bengals, I think, can, can surprise things. I really do. So um, it's That's in, it's interesting in the AFC actually because there's a lot of, uh, of teams who you would mm. think is, is contenders and yeah. and the Chiefs' big problem at the minute is their defense. Mm. You know, and I, and I think that might end up being a problem for them in the in the longer term. But it's interesting. One of the points I wanted to make about the Ravens just before we move on is, uh-huh, yeah, is I'm not convinced by Brown. He still has a lot of drops. And that's that's something that I think he needs to sort out as a, as a, you know as as he's getting more experience. They had a lot of drops a couple of weeks ago. We thought he sorted it. He dropped a couple, I think, uh, this week or at least one. I remember from the red zone, um, mm. and that's something I think he needs to work on. But other than that, the Ravens look great, so they do. Mm, yeah, and going back to the Chiefs as well. I mean, before this weekend, they were dead last in points allowed. They're now fourth yeah. last. Which- Fourth and bottom, they're still pretty bad, mm. even though obviously they've improved that slightly with their win yeah. on the weekend. Look at rushing yards there. Um, actually, they're, they're now only what's it one, two, three, four, five? They're, six, they're seventh from bottom, so they're not as bad as they were. Um, in terms of rushing yards allowed, in terms of passing yards, they're still they're, high, they're higher up, but they're still in the t- bottom 10. And so, so I think we saw better performance against Washington, but that is a Washington team that you know are, are doing so badly this year. So um, I don't think that should be anything to be happy about. But other games, um, someone who wasn't happy with Dan Campbell after a Detroit Lions side went to zero and six after a thirty-four to eleven loss to the four and two Bengals. Uh, Dan Campbell actually came out and publicly criticised Jared Goff um, for his sort of not basically. He said that he wanted to put more in and show more desire, which is a massive, yeah. um, basically ma- massive um, anti-Jared Goff statement. Um, and the Houston Texans continue their bad run with a 31 to three loss by the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, one that I rue because I stupidly started Zach Pascal over Darnell Mooney on fantasy, oh. which I always to regret, and lost by one point as well, which was just brilliant. Um, but the next thing I want to focus on is an overtime game, which saw the Vikings beat the Panthers 34-28 in overtime. The Panthers had, um, you know, they had a three and zero start, but they've now fallen to three and three, which is worrying for them. They did actually come perform a quite good comeback. The Vikings were 25-17 up, but then mm. the, the Panthers did get back with a um, late touchdown with 42 seconds left to make it 28-28 before a uh, last uh, overtime win from the Vikings. In terms of the mm. stats, you look at the passing game. Kirk Cousins had three touchdowns, zero picks for 373 yards, which is He's proving in quite an underrated season, quite a surprisingly good season from him, where Sam Darnold had one touchdown, one pick with 207 yards. Uh, rushing yards, Dalvin Cook had 140 yards, whereas Chuba Hubbard had 61. Both got a touchdown each. Uh, receiving yards, Adam Thielen got 126 yards. Justin Jefferson got 80, t- 80 yards. KJ Osborne, who got the winning touchdown, had 78 yards and one touchdown, uh, whereas the Panthers' leading rush receiver was DJ Moore with 73. Defensively, Hassan Reddick continues to be the most underrated defensive player in the league with, seven, with three tackles for loss. Uh, and um, Richard Breland had one interception for the Vikings. Um, so, yeah, and also there was five fourth fumbles in this game, uh, coming mm. from Armon Watts, Xavier Woods, Sean Chandler, Keith Taylor, and former Bronco, AJ Boye. Yeah. So, in terms of this game, I think, one thing I want to I want to talk about, not so much the game itself, mm. um, but the game itself as well. Um, first of all, this game for me showed why you should never crown a team as playoff contenders when they go three and zero, because the Panthers have now proved that that they're now three and three. They're maybe not the team we thought they were three games in. Uh, and in terms of the Vikings, um, they're going sort of under, they are three and three as well. They're going under the radar uh, as is Kirk Cousins, who I've always been a critic of, but. He has been quite good this season. He has very impressive stats, hardly any mm. interceptions. I mean, I still I still think in, in the playoffs, he, if he got there or even in a big game later on in the season, he would struggle. I don't think he's good in prime time. But I want to get your thoughts, Luke. Um, first of all, with the receiving core they have, um, do you think the Vikings can make a push for the playoffs in the division that, that shares it with your Bears? But also, should it be, should the Panthers be worried now or should they still be content with their 3-3 with their three and three start? That's an interesting question. Um, This is an interesting question about the Vikes, actually, because I think they, I feel like they're big time bottlers still. And Mm. and I'm not just saying this as a divisional rival, but I think that they've choked, they they certainly choked it last year. Um, And I I think that 
they might end up doing the same thing this year. I mean, I do, I do like the receiving core they have. I think, I think that uh, Dylan is brilliant, you know, and I don't think anyone's going to disagree with you. Um, mm-hmm. I think uh, they, they've got um, Van Jefferson as well, who's really good too. Um, so they've got, a, a, is it Jefferson? I can I can never remember the guy's name actually. Do you know that? Yeah, Jefferson. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Even though I've got him on my fantasy team, I can still, I still get completely confused with uh, Van Halen. I always want to say that. You know, you've got <laughs> but yeah, interesting question. I, I'm not sure about the bikes. They flatter to deceive a lot. And that's my big yeah. problem with them. Um, they, they, you know, one week they're brilliant, like the brilliant offensively, like they were yesterday. But even then, they still had issues, um, because the Panthers weren't good. Um, so I'm on the fence with them. I really am. I, I, I've got a feeling they'll they'll end up finishing. Obviously, no team can finish sort of five hundred now, but they'll they'll finish round about there. But I don't I don't know if that'll be enough. Yeah, I still think that. I mean, looking at their schedule now, they've got to play the next games up against Oz against Dallas. That's gonna be a hard mm. game. They've got mm. the Ravens, the Chargers, the Packers, the Niners. You've got the Lions and the Steelers and the Bears, but they've got to play the Rams, Packers, and then the Bears again. So I yeah. think that's just that is an unbelievably hard schedule. And I think that for me, I think Dallas will be too strong. Maybe they could maybe have to list it. They could beat the Cowboys, but they can't. They're not beating the Ravens on current form. The Chargers maybe. The Packers definitely not. The 49ers most likely not. Lions Steelers yes, they can win those games. And the mm. Tamers two games against Bears. So for me, I think they've got what's it one, two, three, four, four to five win very winnable games. That's what I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Like eight and nine, maybe nine and eight or something. But that I don't think that's. I mean, the NFC is not as good as the AFC, but I just don't think that would be enough for them personally if they're going to want to make the playoffs and things like that. Yeah. Um. In terms of the other games, um. Now we head to the late nine o'clock slate. Uh, this game only saw three games on the nine o'clock slate. The one saw the Las Vegas Raiders beat the Denver Broncos 34-24 to go back to winning ways. The Raiders now sit at 4-2, where the Broncos, who were also 3-0, now move to 3-3. Now there's two games I want to focus on. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, no, sorry, and the Cardinals beat the Cleveland Browns 37-14. So Arizona now moved to 6-0, uh, where the Browns now uh, moves, I think it's 3-3 three three they're on. But Mayfield's injury injury issue is a concern. Now, for me, the, the other game at nine was probably the best game of the whole weekend, with Monday's game probably a close contender. But I thought this game was excellent, um, as the New England Patriots took on the Dallas Cowboys in Foxborough, with the Cowboys coming out on overtime with 35-29 winners in what was, for me, one of the best games all season. Um, looking at the stats for this game, um, Dak Prescott had an amazing game stat-wise, um, I'm looking at his stats now, and he did throw for 445 yards with three touchdowns and one interception as he continues his rampage towards a comeback play of the year, where yeah. Mac Jones was, was impressive and has been the best rookie quarterback so far. He had 229 yeah. yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Um, rushing off, Damian Harris led the way with 101 yards and one touchdown. Zeke Elliott continues his rampage as another comeback of the player of the year contender with 69 yards. Um, from 17 carries. Um, and in terms of receiving games, C.D. Lamb had a really good game, one of his best of his career, with a 149 receiving yards and two touchdowns, uh, with Dalton Schultz had 79, and Kendrick Ball had 75, along with a touchdown. Trevon Diggs is another contender for Defensive Player of the Year. He had one interception and a pick six at, at the same time. Uh, New England's Carl Duggar also had one interception. Um, and in terms of the sacks, Randy Gregory of the Cowboys had two sacks. And then the best stat for me was Juwan Brentley of the of the Patriots with 13 total tackles uh, and also one forced fumble at the same time. So in this game as well, um, looking at the game, how the game went, uh, the Cowboys and sorry, the Patriots took an early lead. Um, but then mm. they, so they were 14-7 up, but then the Cowboys got back before taking the 17-14 lead. And then also went to 26-21 before the first play of the next drive. Uh, Mac Jones threw a touchdown to Kendrick Braun to make it 29-26 New England uh, before a field goal from Greg Zerline took it overtime before um, the Cowboys then won it in overtime. Um, so in terms of this game, um, I thought Percy Alvin is the game I watched on Monday morning thanks to Game Pass. Um, for me, I thought both teams were very impressive. I mean, the Cowboys were 
as impressive as we all thought they'd be going into this game. I mean, another, another brilliant day stat was Prescott and Trevon Diggs. Yeah. Um, and I think then the Cowboys, for me, showed that they can do it in, in, a, in a tough game that is outweighed to New England. Uh, I thought Press TD Lamb was good. He showed that, you know, Amari Cooper's been the guy this season, but I think TD Lamb's proved he can be a capable uh, wide receiver too. And then mm-hmm. Pacers-wise, I thought they really could have won this game. I mean, the one talking point was, with, I'll get this thought of you, Luke, in a minute, about um, Bill Belichick's decision to go f- go for it on fourth. Um, and I think that's been, t- been talked of a lot this week about should he go on for it or should he go on bit more conservative um but i think patriots will be happy with this even though they lost they'll be happy same as the buccaneers game they took the teams close but that's two losses in the last two or three that have been close losses uh, and also you look at the win against texans last week it was very close yeah. to win so the, a lot of that game is coming down to single points single digits and like very small points so what are your thoughts on the patriots this season luke and um in terms of the cowboys how far do you think they can go well, yeah, it's interesting, actually. I, I, the Patriots, unfortunately, are, are just not going to be contenders, are they? You know, um, they've done a good job in terms of rebuilding the roster. I think it was the right choice to, to make Jones the starter, without a doubt. Um, but the running game's pretty horrible. And I, and I speak um, from having um, Damian Harris in my, in my fantasy team from a dynasty, and it, it, it's just been mm-hmm. horrible watching him. He's not compiled the kind of stats that I was hoping for. Um, the, actually, the defence has been very poor. I mean, I think the the blown coverage at the end was would never you'd never associate that with a Belichick defence ever. So I was quite surprised at that actually. Um, so I don't. They're not going to be contenders in that division, not for the next couple of years. And I, th- I think also the Bills are too strong now. You know, it comes in cycles and it comes in fits and starts, but I, I just don't see them being contenders. Um, fair play to Matt Jones. I mean, he's put he's put together some great stats and and he's doing really well as a rookie. And I think he's justifying the decision to, you know, to to, to start him. And I think that's great for the franchise in general, because um, I think he will go from strength to strength. And yeah, he's a system quarterback, but then he's got a system coach who knows how to get the best out of him. <laughs> so it's not a bad thing, <laughs> uh, you know, on that, on that side of things. So any criticism on that side, I, I don't buy. And I'm not a big Belichick fan, but you know what? He, he knows what to do and he knows the job and he does it well. And and you can't ask any better than that. And he's, you know, he's got the he's got the the Super Bowl rings to to prove it. You know what I mean? Um, as far as the Cowboys go, I think they're a shoe in to win the division. I, I, I really do. Oh, absolutely, I absolutely. Um, and I don't think, uh, you know, I think that uh, both Elliot, uh, you know, uh, actually to, to, to a lesser extent, Cooper are showing, um, you know, the, why, you know, they're, they're such good players. I think they've also, the, the thing I wanted to say about Dallas was it looks as if they've managed to sort the defence out to a great degree. Um, and I think they've got um, the former Atlanta head coach there as a DC now, haven't they? Um, mm-hmm. yeah, Dan Quinn, yeah. Dan Quinn. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And I think that he's making a, a, a big difference um, in terms of sorting their defence out. And and I think that is the difference maker for them. And that is the, that's the kind of thing that could actually get end up getting them to a Super Bowl. Um, because as you say, once you win your division, it becomes much, much easier. And and I think that division is, is much easier. The division itself sucks. So they're, they're, they're going to mm-hmm. get a few extra wins out of it. There's no question. Um, you know, Philadelphia are very, very poor. Um you know, you don't even need to talk about the Giants how, how poor they are, and, and Washington. Well, that's you know, you, you, so you're looking at that, um, you know, that side of things. Uh, they're a good shoe in for ending up maybe get, even getting a first round bye. If you were to look at mm-hmm. that, so it's it's. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's really fascinating. Um, I'm not a Dallas fan as such. My, my mate Dave, who if he's listening, um, is a big Dallas fan. Uh, so he'd be happy to hear that, but Steve won't be happy to hear what I think about Dallas at all. No, he's probably not at all. Not going to see him, but that's life, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I yeah. A bit harsh. <laughs> yeah, I think you're being a bit harsh there. <laughs> well, you know, um, uh, I think I think <laughs> looking at the playoffs of the AFC, I mean, I think they've got a chance because they have been competitive games. But you look at that stacked AFC. You've got obviously the Bills. Going to run away with his division. I mean, it's annoying yeah. for Dolphins fans that we had 
the Patriots didn't see end, and now the Bills seem to starting one themselves. Mm. And then since the AFC North, you've got the Ra- Ra- Ravens and Browns, we'll probably get in. Um, and then you look at the AFC South, the, the, the Titans, yes, probably, uh, maybe not the Colts as much, but they, I think the Colts have a potential, they can go on a good run. And then the AFC West, I don't see the Raiders or the Broncos making it, even though they've had good starts. Mm. And I think the Chargers and Chiefs will. So I think it's interesting. I think that I, could, I just can't see the, their team being anywhere near as good as the teams around them. I think mm. say we got yeah, it's got the Bills, Ravens, Ravens probably win the division there North, uh, then the Titans, and then mm. the um, I think I think the Chiefs will win it. I think still think they'll win it. Yeah, they got an easier schedule coming up, so I think they'll win yeah. that. And then the three wildcard teams, you got the Chargers definitely. I think the Browns will have enough, even if they have Case Keenan playing quarterback. Yeah. And then that last one is probably going to be between. The Raiders and the Bengals, probably. I think the Bengals, and I think I think the I Bengals think, edge it. By the way, yeah, I think mm-hmm. they do. I think that with them, um, you know, with the Raiders, they always play better in September and November. But that was under John Gruden. So whether the their interim head coach will do enough, I don't know. But I still don't think they've got enough personally. I, so I don't. Think, yeah, yeah I, both. I think they can have a good season, but I, I think the Bengals personally are electric on offense. You look at well. Uh, the, the, the interim relationship they've had in the NFL with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase is like going back to LSU. That's um, exactly what I was going to say to you, Andy, actually, was yeah. that I, really, I mean, you know, you see the, the red zone and you see the connection that those guys have got, and it's unbelievable. Um, and, and, you know, you think about it, that's they've got that connection for the foreseeable future. Oh, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. You know, their divisional rivals must be a little bit afraid about that, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that AFC North is... It looks, Look, it's, I think now it's probably the second best division in the NFL behind the NFC West. And I think that we all, I mean, myself included, think, why didn't they go for offensive tackle like Penny Saul at number five in the draft over Chase? But mm-hmm. then the connection they've had, you can't, you can't replace that with anything else. I think that they can get an offensive tackle next year in the draft. I don't know what the draft possibly yeah. are like this, the next year draft for the offensive line. But I think that they, they, they got one in the second round. They can get one next year. I think that. I think personally they proved that they made they made the absolutely right call to have to get chasing. Um, so I think yeah, the Bengals. I think the Bengals. You got Jesse Bates and Trey Henderson on defense. Mm-hmm. You got two good players there. Um, I think there's definitely more as well. I, I, I like Hubbard as well. Um, so yeah, I think I think they've got a good team. And I think the Bengals. I did an article on article like last week how I think the Bengals have got a lot of things to be excited about going forward. Uh, if not next year, if not the year before, the year ne- next, and the year after that. So I think the Bengals, for me, I think I think they just edge it. I don't know what you think, Luke, about which teams are going to make the playoffs, but I think the Bengals are going to edge it over the Raiders. I I agree with that actually. I mean, I like I like what I see from them. Um, I think it's I think it's really interesting. I think you're right about the connection that they have um, there, uh, and and that's something if you're a Bengals fan to be excited about really. Um, and and Joe Burrow's not showing any signs of any any problems from his injury issue last mm-hmm. year. And again, that's something to be fully, you know, really optimistic about if you're a Bengals fan. And and Lord only knows you've had a long time of, of hurt there. So you might as well enjoy some of the good times while while you can. You know what I mean? So uh yeah, yeah, I, I'm I'm optimistic about them. I think they will make the playoffs. I, I, you know, I'm I'm very, very high on them at the minute. Yeah, me too. I think I think they look they look excellent. Zach Taylor mm-hmm. Sitting uh, to prove his critics wrong so far. Um, mm-hmm. Now, looking at the final games that took place in this week in the NFL, um, the the one o'clock game saw the Seattle Seahawks face the um, who did they play. The Seattle Seahawks play the, um, yeah, the the Seahawks played the Steelers, and the Steelers yeah. came out as surprise winners with a twenty three to twenty win over the Seahawks in Pittsburgh. Uh, in overtime. Uh, but then the, the last game we're focusing on is going to be the Monday night football game between yeah. the Buffalo Bills and the Tennessee Titans. One of the best games all season and this weekend. Yeah. As the Titans came out as winners, 34 points to 31. Now, this was an impressive performance, particularly from Derek Henry. He's the star of the show, I think, personally on this game. Oh, yeah. um, looking, I'm looking at the stats now. Let me get them open. So, um, the stats for this game saw uh, so, so Josh Allen threw for 353 yards, three touchdowns, one interception uh, from from with 35 completion passes. Whereas Ryan Tannehill threw for 216 yards, zero touchdowns, one interception. Uh, receiving wise, uh, AJ Brown had 91 yards. Emmanuel, Emmanuel Sanders had 91 yards as well. 
Stefan Diggs had 89 yards with one touchdown. Cole Beasley, 88 yards, one touchdown. Uh, whereas Julio Jones continues to fatter to deceive with only 59 yards from just three receptions. But rushing was where is key. So mm. the build leading rusher was Devin Singletary with 27 yards and no touchdowns. Not great. Whereas Derek Henry had three touchdowns and 143 yards from 20 carries. I mean, <laughs> for me, I mean, I think personally, uh, Derek Henry is now for me the best running back in the entire league. I mean, I was always on team Christian McCaffrey, but I think with yeah. all his injuries, he keeps having. Um, I think that's why at the moment Derek Henry is the best running back in football. And I think personally, he can last a lot longer than a lot of running backs because he's got the physical presence that a lot of running backs like Todd Gurley and and JHI yeah. all, all lack. Yeah. And I think that he, you know, the biggest issue with running backs they haven't got that big shelf height because they're constantly getting hit in in that in that sort of pocket when they're mm-hmm. running for it between the trenches. And I think that he's he's so big. He's got the same He's probably bigger than some linebackers in the NFL, some of the yeah. defensive linemen. He's absolutely massive. And I think that he could just win games on, on his own. I mean, that game itself, Tannehill didn't throw for a single touchdown. He got all three of them on the ground. Yeah. Um, but I think Tannehill can com- complement him nicely when needed to. Um, and I think even when the receivers weren't exactly at their best, I think he they, they just relied on Derrick Henry. And I think that... It's a question for me still in the playoff whether teams are going to work them out and just completely just uh, knock out, just just um, sing, uh, sort of neutralise De- yeah. Derrick Henry's impact. But in terms of the game itself, I thought the, both teams were excellent. I mean, the Bills were excellent on the passing game. I mean, the touchdowns to Cole Beasley in particular was impressive from Josh Allen. Uh, I think their defence was pretty good. I mean, of um, course, Lopatuwiri, Lopatuwiri, something like for the Bills. He, yeah. he was excellent on defence. I mean, their defence, mm. the, the unit on the line is so good. And I think in this game, both teams were well, were well deserved of the win. I think Titans just edged out. And I think that um, this probably you know reinvig- reinvigorates their season because they weren't exactly... They lost the Jets, I think the Titans did. So to, to lose to them and, then all, and only really just beat the, the Jaguars, I think that it was good for them to get a convincing win like this. And I think that... Mm. But the Bills, I think the Bills can't be too... Should be too annoyed because they're still 4-2. They're still going to clearly win the AFC East. I think, I that, think so. Yeah. I think that... Obviously, when they beat the Chiefs, when they, they people were quick to name Allen the MVP to say Bills were the favourites for the Super Bowl. But I think now that gives them a dose of reality that they need to do the sort of some work needed, particularly in the run game. And I think that this may only help them going forward in terms of what they need um, for the rest of the season. Yeah. Um, but what, what are your thoughts on the game? Did, did, first of all, did you watch it? And if so, what are your thoughts on um, on the game overall? I only managed to catch it actually on uh, using the wonders of Game Pass the next day. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and, and do you know why? Because the, the NFL website is so terrible for watching highlights. It's oh, I don't bother really with that. Really I don't bother with that. But the only, the, my only criticism of Game Pass is that sometimes it, it actually misses touchdowns, which is really, really annoying. I've not and, had that yet. I've not had that Because I normally I, watch I, my my games. Sort of, I watch, obviously, all the Sunday games as are happening, if not an hour behind yeah. on Game Pass. But then uh, I'll normally watch a Sunday night football on the Monday morning, like six, like like if I got a lecture at nine, for example, I watch it at six and watch the two-hour condensed version, oh, yeah. full game. Ah, but, right, but then yeah. also, then I also on Tuesday I'll do the same thing. So I like, like this morning, for example, I had something on at I think it was only one o'clock. But I woke up at eight o'clock and I watched that game from eight to ten. Skipped all the adverts oh. and it was just perfect. So I've yet to have that issue with Game Pass, but I know I've seen on you know on, on Facebook groups on Twitter people have had issues in the past with Game Pass. I think so on the highlights, it. actually, Andy. Yeah, it's oh, the highlights themselves. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I will say watching Game Pass on a smart TV is the worst thing you can do because you can't actually yeah. rewind it. But watching on an iPad or sort of mobile device is a way is a way to go. I think because I've yeah. had I pay also pay for the first time this year, as many listeners know. But I've so far I've, I've had zero complaints. It's been very impressive my end. Um, but yeah, but, um, no, it's, um, yeah. Anyway, so so coming back to that, anyway, apart from my gripe about Game Pass, but actually, yeah, I thought it was a really a good win for the Titans. Um, I, I, you know, I felt that they, like, I think as you quite rightly highlight, I mean, Derek Henry's just a different difference maker, isn't he? I mean, you can't stop him. The guy's an absolute beast. He really is. Um, and and I I think if if they were you know, for the Bills, if they were to be able to afford to lose a game, this was the game that they could afford to lose without a shadow of a doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, it's not made any difference to their position in the division at all. Um, and uh, I'm sure you're spitting feathers hearing that already, actually, as a Dolphin fan. 
day, but you know, I suppose that's the way it is right now. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, I don't, I don't actually hate the Bills. I, mean, I know a lot. I don't, I don't mm. like the Patriots or the Jets, but actually, I don't actually mind the Bills purely because I fell in love with Jim Kelly after watching a football life. Yeah, yeah. yeah, um, yeah. So I just think I think that I think the Bills. Um, this is why I never really, you know, understood the similar hate because. We're nowhere near them. We're nowhere near them, and we can't really hate someone who's who's been who's nowhere near us. This is why I couldn't really, I couldn't really hate Tom Brady as a patriot because mm. I found mm. that you can't. First, you can't dismiss greatness, but I think also, um, I mean, all my years watching the Dolphins, we've never really ever. You know, I also I came fan in 2009, so I've never really seen us yeah. be anywhere near the Patriots. Um, I think also we've beaten them on some games like the the Mammy Miracle and things like that. But I think overall, mm. we just um, you know, I just don't think. You can't for me. You can't hate someone who's no one. It's like it's like a Fulham fan hating a Man City fan. Yeah. I, I yeah. think why, why why would you? It's also like even like if you're a Fulham fan, why would you hate Chelsea because Chelsea are far better than you? And even City back in the old days was Man U. Exactly. I just don't get why you'd hate someone who is just miles better than you. But so I go back to your point, Luke. Anyway, so yeah, so so I mean, I think if ever there was a game that that the Bills could afford to lose, it was this one. Um, they probably will be a bit disappointed that they never managed to get more going in, in the ground game in particular. Um, you know, I, I feel like they, they probably, but over the piece, it probably was the right, the right, you know, result in the end of it. Um, I think it cements the Titans as a as a proper contender here because mm-hmm. they, they do look strong. I mean, you know, like I say, you're you're going to have real problems stopping Henry, um, and the only risk to them is if Henry does get a significant injury of any sort because he's irreplaceable. You know, it's mm-hmm. not as if a backup that's going to be, you know, unless you take something from the Lord of the Rings and use a troll who's just going to run right through it. I think you're unlucky, yeah. you know, unlikely to be able to do anything about it. Um, and as far as the Bills go, you know, they, they are legit. They're a great team. They've, you know, they've got all the tools that are, you know, needed to, to, to build a championship winning team. So this is a minor, minor setback for them, and I, I don't see it really being a big problem in the grand scheme of things for them. You know, sometimes you have bad days, and I think this was just a bad day in the office for them. So it it, it was good for the Titans and, and not disastrous for the Bills is, is probably my summary of it. Yeah, I mean, looking at the Titans as well, I mean, defence is a one factor which may hinder them later on in the season, but mm. looking at this game, I mean, Howell Landry got two sacks, Jeffrey Simmons, mm. Simmons also got a sack. Looking at the combined tackles, I mean, yeah. David Long got 14 tackles. Callback um, mm. hit. Howell Andrew got a couple of them. Um, so I think if they can get their defence right... Oh, of course, they had two picks as well from Jordan yeah. Poyer. No, from Kevin Byer, sorry, for the mm. Titans. Mm. So I think that they this game, they, they were even though they gave up 31 points, they showed signs on defence that you know, they, they, they can stop teams like the Bills. And I think that yeah. whilst I think the defence can will hinder them in the playoffs. I think it also it may not that they may sort it out. So yeah, I've got faith in I think Mike Fable's an excellent head coach. I think he's one of the best in the NFL. Yes, I think he's definitely one of the best young ones alongside Shanahan and McVeigh. And I think that mm-hmm. um yeah I think personally he, he's done an excellent job. He's definitely been the best of the you know of the of the Patriot disciples if you like. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, yeah I I think I think Titans have got a lot to be excited about. I think if they can sort sort out part of their defense, maybe get a third choice wide out, or maybe get someone who's going to do more than Julio Jones has. I think yeah, that, yeah. yeah, perfect. But that does maybe, yeah, maybe, who, maybe Julio Jones can do more, you know, as the season goes on as well. You know, yeah, yeah, he, is, yeah. he is a superstar. So it, it, you know, mm. that's if if I was a Titans fan, that would be the only thing I'd be disappointed about. You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, Julio Jones is obviously he's a Bound Hall of Famer, he's going to go in the Hall of Famer, and, and unless he has some sort of Antonio Brown's off the field collapse. But I mm. think, I think for me, I think Huda Jones. I mean, I said it before the seasons in our prediction episode that um, I thought he'd get less than four touchdowns. I think that he mm. has been poor so far, and he is sort of. Whilst he's got all these great stats from previous years, he is he is at a certain age now. He has been over the hill. He's had injury problems. He hasn't been great the last couple of years, and I think that uh, perhaps they they bought him a few years too late, but. We'll wait and see because there's only six games in. Yeah. And I think that the more teams target AJ Brown, that will open the door at Fort Julio Jones. So yeah. right. potentially right. Late, later on in the season he may become he may become a bit more clutch. Um so yeah, that is the end of our podcast for this week. Um so thank you Luke, for coming on, first of all. We'd have you on again. 
Um, before we go, we have just uploaded a video. Um, my so I, I did the recording of the game on Sunday. Dolphins Jacket. I tried to enjoy my first game, so I only really recorded the preseason action. So the video is basically what it's like to watch a game pre-match, watch all the players warming up and all that. But we, the video from last week has been doing really well. Our Jet, our Jets Falcons vlog currently has 1.9k views, so we're almost at the 2,000 2000 view mark, which is really well impressive. done. Yeah, yeah, we're really happy with that. So yeah, hopefully we can get sort of, and we're do more. We're going to an Arsenal game next Friday. You'll see that video coming up. We're going to Germany and Italy, so we have got some more vlogs coming up. And ones actually in Europe as well. So we're looking forward to showing you all of them Sweet. coming up. And do check out our football podcast as well. We do a European football podcast where me, Ryan, I, and Alex do French, Spanish, Italian, and English football and review that every week. So do check out on all Apple podcasts and do check out week seven as we have another guest coming on for more for more reviews. So this has been the Euro Trips Across the Pod podcast. I've been your host, Andy. This has been Luke, and we'll see you next time. Cheers, guys.